0: Welcome everyone to Creating a Family. Talk about adoption and foster care. I'm Dawn Davenport. I'm both the host of this show as well as the director of the nonprofit CreatingAFamily.org. Today we're going to be talking about kinship caregiving, and specifically we're going to be talking about managing relationship with the child's parents. We'll be talking with Dr. Joseph Crumley. He has both his master's and doctorate in social work and was a family therapist for 38 years. He's a national expert on the issues relating to kinship care, as well as transracial adoption. He's written two books. The first is entitled An Overview of Kinship Care, and the second is Transracial Adoption and Foster Care. Welcome, Dr. Crumley, to Creating a Family.
1: Oh, Dawn, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: I am so excited to be talking with you. I heard you long, long time ago. Well... Actually, I don't, not that long ago, but I heard you a while back Uh, speaking at a conference and I honestly don't remember what conference this was. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he knows so much about this topic. And so to have you to allow me to pick your brains is something I'm very excited about. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. I feel honored.
0: (laughs) Creating a family provides education and support for foster families, adoptive families, and kidship families. And a couple of years ago, really a year and a half or so ago, we were uh, think trying to think through services that would be best for kinship families. And we uh, thought at some point, you know, we really need to hold some listening sessions and talk to families themselves. So we did that. And uh, we actually held the listening sessions at the end of uh, fall of uh, 2021. And it was so much, int- we did six listening sessions and we did it in two rural counties in Western North Carolina. But I suspect that what we found would be very similar. It might, there'd be probably some differences in in urban counties only because of availability of resources. But other than that, I think that what we found would be very similar. And one of the things that, that we heard loud and clear that was not a surprise to us at all was that one of the greatest sticking points for kinship caregivers. And in in our listening sessions, the vast majority were grandparents with a few great grandparents. We also had a a few aunts uncles and things, but but for the most part, it was overwhelmingly grandparents, which also was reflected nationally as well. And overwhelmingly, one of their most difficult issues was how to navigate the relationship with their child, their grandchild's Mm -hmm. parent. And uh, do you see that as an issue uh, throughout the U.S. as well?
1: Yeah, it's it's you'll find this interesting, the U.S. and it's global.
0: Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you'd you get
1: know, Yeah, that yeah. makes sense to you, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah. Families are families. You families know, are
1: families. Yeah. And,
0: you know, and it's. Uh, Yeah, and the the, we didn't well uh, we did not track this in our in our listening sessions, but the overwhelming reason throughout the U.S. and same would be the the absolute same would be our listening sessions, was that substance abuse was the predominant reason for Mm. grandparents having stepped in Mm -hmm. to raise the children. Is that what you see nationally as well?
1: That's happening nationally. And globally, <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. this is getting yeah. depressing. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 what what makes it so, what, what helps you cope with it is yeah. that you've got the grand stepping up. You've You're got right. grandparents stepping mm-hmm. up, and you have um, right. caregivers stepping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, drug trafficking, drug issues. It's 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 a national, it's an international issue, yes. and it's 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 happening in all countries globally. And and the strength is. Families are stepping up.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Governments are starting to realize that families raise children better than ins- institutions.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Just as they are in the United States. The yep. United States is realizing here yeah. that you've got to support relative caregivers because the outcomes for children aging out of foster care are not very positive. They're very mm-hmm. negative out- outcomes. So yeah. you're right. It's And and the issue, it, it's the strength that families Step up, but also one of the challenges is uh, at the same time is having to deal with families, family members having yeah. to deal with each other. You yeah, know, out, yeah. Outside of the issue of concrete services like food, clothes, shelter, right. those can be real challenging issues. The next challenging issue is how do i work within the family with the mm-hmm. birth parents
0: yeah so what are what we said families are families and, and and that makes it complicated but specifically what are some of the complicating factors in the relationship mm-hmm. between the kinship caregiver and the child's parent
1: well one of the things that's unique about kinship care is that there are pre-existing history there's pre-existing relationships between the caregiver the birth parent and the birth child.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, that's what makes kinship care so different from non-relative yes. foster care and adoption. Mm-hmm. There's no previous existing relationship.
0: It also is what is one of the strengths, too. <laughs> that speaking. is yeah, also exactly.
1: one of the strengths. Yeah. Exactly. There's a pre-existing relationship, you know. So there's pre-existing attachments and legacies and loyalties and histories. Those are the strengths. But at the same time, the downside is that you now have to change those pre-existing relationships mm-hmm. because when a caregiver was once an aunt, uncle, grandparent, they're now in the role as a parent. Mm-hmm. That parent who was once in the role of being primary caregiver is now secondary caregiver.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The child's uh, sense of loyalty and uh, the child's sense of hierarchy, that's now shifted because of the care of the relative now becoming the, 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 the primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. So it's those shifts in pre-existing relationships. That's one of the challenges in kinship care. And um, there's loss with that. Yeah. There's hurt with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's loss of credibility with that. There's loss of hierarchy. There's loss of loyalty. The, the challenge is that people in kinship care tend to think that they have the same rights and entitlements that they had before the child went into kinship care. And that can become a problem.
0: Meaning that the child's parents think that they still have the same rights. (laughs) You hit
1: it right on the head. That's it, Dawn. They think they have the same power, the same rights, the same authority. Okay, And now that they have to delegate that to the grandparent who is their mother or their father, it's usually their mother. That can become a problem because there's a whole loss. And, and, and again, that change in, in relationships, it, it can also be hard for the grandparents as well, because they've also gotten used to a certain relationship with the birth parent as well. So now they are expecting sometimes it'll be the grandparent who will expect the birth parent to still maintain the role as parent.
0: And even though they're clear that they, I mean, on a, on, on an intellectual basis, they're clear that they're, that they wouldn't be there if the person was able, if the parent was able, but it's still, it's, it's hard, you know, and I think one of the things that's, that adds complications to it is it brings in so many emotions from the kinship caregiver standpoint, if they are the parent of this, yes. of the child. So it's a the grandparent caring, you know, there's, Why is, you know, what did I do that made my child not able to be able to be a functioning parent? What, and then anger too. Why, you know, I, you know, I'm 78, I don't want to be, or I'm 68 or I'm 58 and I don't want to be doing this, even though most of them are are willingly Mm. doing it, thank goodness. But there's, there's so many conflicting emotions that the same Mm -hmm. time you're trying to navigate this, you're mad as the dickens at the, at the person oftentimes.
1: Mm -hmm. I think for relative caregivers, it's important to know, or uh, this is embarrassing for me to say, but the professionals, the social social workers, and you can relate to this, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't expect caregivers to have these kinds of feelings. We didn't expect them to feel ambivalent. In fact, we expected them to want to do it, be glad to do it, be proud to do it. And and do it for free.
0: Well, that's that's still that last part, yeah. Especially that last part. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: And 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 what we didn't realize is that the caregivers, who, as you said, are usually the grandparents, who are usually the parents of the birth parents, are going to feel ambivalent. They're going to feel some resentment because now they've lost and changed their entire lifestyle, and their and, and goals change. There may be some guilt. As well. Okay. Mm-hmm. In terms of, um, is it my fault? As you said, is it my fault? Is it something that I did wrong? Is it something I should have done differently? Which again, is one of the strengths of kinship care. You are better the second time around.
0: Sure. And, and, <laughs> okay. and we've heard that from our grandparents that this yeah. was a, this was a do over in some ways. And, yes. mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, we definitely yeah heard that as well.
1: And the guilt can come from, but that means maybe I didn't do a good job the first time. <laughs> okay, so it's Witch. a yin yang; yeah, it's a it two way sword,
0: right? Okay? And so you know. much in this, and yet the reality is, uh, people struggle with substance abuse even mm-hmm. when with the best of parents. And That's so right. you do, we do want kinship caregivers to know that oftentimes mm-hmm. there's nothing you could have done. That's it, right. Do you see a difference at all between The relationship between the kinship caregiver and the child's parents, depending on whether or not child welfare has been involved, which we can call formal kinship care versus Mm. pet grandparents stepping in before child welfare was involved, Mm. which we call informal kinship care. Do you see any distinction in that relationship?
1: There's that issue the, the 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 distinction that i've seen over the years has been related to the stigma that you can avoid if you are doing it informally because there's a stigma that frequently comes with taking the children formally mm-hmm. because you now have a system involved an agency involved there's a level of embarrassment
0: mm-hmm. there's
1: a level of shame that mm-hmm. that caregiver can feel. There's a level of intrusion
0: yeah, that that a little, big, caregiver can big, experience,
1: big. big level of intrusion. Mm-hmm. So the intrusion, the embarrassment, the shame, the feeling of, of guilt even seems to increase because mm-hmm. the agency, because professionals are starting to look at, okay, you're doing this. It's great that you're doing this, but what was wrong with you and your family?
0: Mm-hmm. So it's sure. that
1: kind of feeling that can come from doing it formally as opposed to informally so there are some feelings that can come from being agency involved and there's the accountability you know that the caregivers also have to feel that they, they, there's a loss of control and power sure you know, in terms yeah. of of, mm-hmm. of visitations of contacts where you can go other families being involved in there's a whole list of criminal background checks and and uh you know that that they, that they then have to submit submit themselves sure. as sure. well as other family members. So I find that for a lot of relative caregivers, frequently there's there, there's a preference for informal, but then lots of times there's a preference for formal when they're starting to have to deal with issues of safety.
0: Yeah, I was wondering that it seems to me that we think this is going to be a recurring theme here. That that it cuts both ways. Yes, one, it does. That, yeah. One, you have the state involved in your business, you know, and so yeah. you know mm-hmm. that's not how you know. No, you're not allowed to do this, or yes, a child has to have a room to themselves, or whatever. You've got somebody else sticking their nose in your business, and that's and that is often something that parents, grandparents rather, are not looking for. On the other hand. The, the state could be the bad guy, you know, when it comes to their relationship mm. with their adult child, they right. could say, no, you can't take them for the weekend, because, you know, the the caseworker involved has said that, you know, you have to have to be supervised visits. And mm-hmm. with the informal, it's the grandparent that has to step up and say you know, I don't want you driving with them because I I don't trust that you're you're, uh, not high right now. or Mm -hmm. And I don't want them at your house because I don't know who's going to be there. And Mm -hmm. so in some ways, the state involvement Mm -hmm. can make it easier to set firm Mm -hmm. boundaries. On the other Mm -hmm. hand, the state will set firm boundaries, even Mm -hmm. when the grandparent might think he's doing better, I think that it would help. Uh, I would think it would help him if he has his child with him, you know, Mm -hmm. more often, Mm -hmm. you know, so you got somebody dictating on. Yeah, Yeah.
1: there is kind of a formula that I've seen caregivers use for figuring out which way should I go formal versus informal. Uh, And the formula kind of sounds like um, the more authority you need, the more tense the relationship is with the birth parent, the more safety the child may need then you may need to consider going more formal. Interesting. So if you start using that as a criteria that can sometimes give you some structure to how do I make that decision? Yeah. So if yeah so if, if 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 for example if if your relationship with that birth parent is very positive and they're willing to sign over mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: authority okay or willing to accompany you to the, the, the doctor's appointment to mm-hmm. the school appointment are willing to accept your rules and your structure about visitations and contacts. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, the, the the more that they're consistent with how you raise the children,
0: Mm -hmm. you
1: know, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. the less formal it needs to be. The more conflict there is, the more argument they are, the more um, triangulation where the children are getting caught up in the middle where there's more contradiction, the form the more formal you may need to go.
0: That makes sense. Also, I would throw in there, Money, because if you, uh, yeah, money, uh, because Mm -hmm. with formal care, you should be able to get uh, monthly subsidies.
1: Right. And for a lot of relative caregivers, sometimes that's the determining factor.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: I can't afford to keep this child without having to become a foster parent or an adoptive parent.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm Let me pause here for a minute to tell you about a free educational resource. Thanks to our partner, the Jockey Bean Family Foundation, we have 12 free online courses available now for you to use, to access, and they come with certificates of completion. You find them at bit.ly slash jbfsupport, that's bit.ly slash jbfsupport. We have Lots of titles. One of them is Handling Social Media as an Adoptive Foster or Kinship Parent, but we have others as well. Be sure to tell a friend about the free courses too. One of the, we heard uh, through in our listening sessions, a couple of the things that we heard were from our kinship caregivers. And I said, in our case, it were almost all grandparents. They felt like, some of them said they they felt like they were walking on eggshells when dealing with their adult children, or that their adult children had them over the barrel. Um, these were in, informal situations, but they and they didn't have good legal permanency established. So they felt like if, if they had to appease their adult children, because if they didn't, the adult children will come and take the grandchildren away. And they knew that their that 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 would be not in the best interest of the child, so they were they felt very much that they were, as I said, walking on eggshells. Have you heard that as well in your work?
1: Yeah, and sometimes that becomes the criteria for deciding to stay informal versus formal,
0: mm-hmm. or going formal because they
1: or going formal. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How, however, because,
0: you, yeah, you may not be able to get the formal. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, even if you can't get it, but then you lean more towards I need to go formal because I'm walking on eggshells. Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. and and the child's safety is at risk.
0: Exactly. It's and and they feel like the child's safety is yeah. at risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And the yeah. child could be just pulled out and not have food, clothes, shelter. You know, at that point. Yeah. So for the caregiver. It's, it's a tough decision. Sometimes it's a matter of choosing. Here's one of the challenges in kinship care. It may have to boil down to placing the needs of the children over that of the birth parent. See, a caregiver's yeah. initial attachment is with the birth parent. Mm-hmm. They knew right. the birth parent before they knew the child. Right. The initial the attachment. The birth parent bonding. was their
0: child. It was Thank their you. baby. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah. That's one of the challenges in yeah. kinship care, that, yeah. uh, that that attachment, good, bad, or indifferent, regardless of how the relationship is and arguing, your initial attachment was with that mm-hmm. birth parent. And now you now have to change that and put the child's needs before that of the birth parents. To me, that's one of the most difficult challenges yes. for Relative caregivers that you don't have yes. an adoption, you no. don't have that in foster, foster care, no. non-relative foster care, no. non-relative. But in kinship care, you do. So a lot of times it's living with the guilt because it doesn't go away. You feel like you're betraying mm-hmm.
0: sure. every time you yes. have to place
1: the need, and, yeah. the, and and the birth parents will just as just as they'll just just as though this just as they're also walking on eggs around authority, they can also push that that button of. You knew me first.
0: Sure. Why don't you trust me? I, you know, this is what I, I, I'm not, I'm just, I just want to take them to, you know, take them to McDonald's or I, yeah, it's the, you know, as all of us who've raised teens have heard, why don't you trust me? You know, why don't you trust me?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you're involved with the system, how can you put that worker, you know, take their word over me? Or how about this one? How can you put the needs of the child over me? You knew mm-hmm. me first. Mm-hmm. I'm your child too, and 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 so for that what the the challenge for caregivers is kind of like just what you said. Know your Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Know your know those issues that will push your buttons. Be aware of those triggers, and then develop a response. And how are you going to manage those triggers? Mm-hmm. You got to be able to have a response for. Well, how can you put me out? I lived here. You knew me first. How could you put the child before me? How can you not trust me? Mm-hmm. All those phrases. That's mm-hmm. the that's that's the, the what caregivers have to kind of put together, you know, knowing what your weak spots are, knowing what your triggers are, mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. knowing what your vulnerabilities are. Yes. Uh, and I'm not saying that birth parents are bad. You know what I mean? No. But you know, it's not like they're sitting and sitting around now. How can I push her a button? They do it instinctively.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, you know, they have, as you said at the beginning, they've had, they had a lifetime yeah. of yeah. setting up patterns of behaviors uh-huh. mm-hmm. and and breaking patterns of behaviors. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean. That's right. It takes a lot of effort and, and a lot of consciousness, bringing it to the
1: to That's the front right. part
0: of your brain so that you're exactly. not the, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the base part of your brain, which kind of just goes into rote about, right. <laughs> they pitch a fit because they say, I don't trust them. They say, I've never understood them. And I say, I'm trying to understand you. I'm trying to tell me what it is. And then they say, I want this. And you say, well, it's easier to give in. All those were patterns that we've set up, you know, throughout their lifetime.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. And now you have to change them.
0: Yeah, for and the best they, interest and, of and, the child. And,
1: and, and the, for the best interest of the child. And the birth parent cannot help but feel as though you've betrayed them.
0: Right. And cannot help trying to make the old pattern work again.
1: Come back again. Yeah. and I'm singing the down. same
0: song and now you're changing the ending That's of the right. song and I don't exactly. like it. Yeah,
1: yeah and I'm going to wear you down. So it's about living with, see, and the thing is, you're, you're not going to change their feeling. It's about you learning how to live with the guilt. Yes, so that you don't yes. break down. Yes. Yeah. In the best interest of the child. That's yes. the that's the new yes. strength that caregivers have to develop.
0: And if that had been an easy strength for them to develop, they would have been doing it all along. And many of them exactly. have. Many yeah. of them have been doing it. They did a you know great job. They were doing it all along. But also, you know, they may not have done it in the past. Uh, and so now having to do it now, mm-hmm. it's like, oh. Uh, yeah, it, we're, we're, you know, it's hard. Do you see a difference if the kinship caregiver is a grandparent, which we've both said is is the majority of uh, mm-hmm. the, the statistics in the U.S., would, and probably worldwide, uh, mm-hmm. would be that it's most of the grandparents, but they're also aunts, uncles, cousins. Anecdotally, I, and this is not based on research, but we run a really large online support group. Mm-hmm. And anecdotally, what we have seen is that there seems to be more resentment and anger towards birth parents when it is a sibling. It's if Most often it's a sibling that has stepped forward. Mm-hmm. Do you see that or do you see distinctions between feelings when it's the grandparent or when it's an aunt or uncle that's stepping forward to, to raise the child?
1: Well, I think it's interesting to watch the siblings, even if they're not raising the child.
0: Wow. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Because, like you said, it can happen when the sibling is raising them, but there's some dynamics that the sibling can have an impact, even if they're not raising, Okay. Sure. Because sibling rivalry doesn't stop. Yes. The siblings have watched the patterns. Yes, They've watched the dynamics mm-hmm. and they'll say things to the grandparents, you know, they'll resent their own mom doing mm-hmm. this. Here we go again. You're yep. saving him. You're,
0: you're, rescuing, sta- you're rescuing him. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You're doing this all over again. I've even seen siblings say you're taking away from my child mm-hmm. because you're now taking in his or her child. So there could mm-hmm. be that feeling as well. Mm-hmm. They can become very extremely protective. Mm-hmm. of that relative caregiver again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, and sometimes unknowingly will sabotage the placement. You mm. shouldn't have that child. The child shouldn't be with you. It's, you know, rather than being supportive, you know, so you yeah. can have that. Mm-hmm. So, so the sabotage is very, very, very passive, you know, because rather than supporting, they're not supporting, you mm-hmm. know, and that, that can happen. So I find that when the sibling, even though they're not the relative caregiver, can still have a major impact, and that relative caregiver frequently has to deal with that sibling in terms of getting them to support them, get, getting them to give me permission, you know, getting them to not sabotage, you mm-hmm. know, uh, get, mm-hmm. getting them to not push the buttons of the birth parent. Look at what you're doing. You're mm-hmm. doing it again. I'm going to give her a call and give her a piece of my mind about what's going on. Please mm-hmm. don't call him. You know what I mean? You know what she, mm-hmm. So so, so, mm-hmm. so the relative caregiver gets mm-hmm. caught in the refereeing. That's mm-hmm. the part that gets so rough for caregivers. They now mm-hmm. have to start refereeing between the siblings mm-hmm. because of their decision to take that child.
0: And this is probably something they've been refereeing. They've been refereeing to those kids over there the years. There you go, Dom. About, How about
1: yes, that? Yes, yeah, because yes. civil rivalry is real. It is. You know, it's mm-hmm. real. It's natural. When that caregiver is an aunt and uncle, then the dialogue can, can become different. You mm-hmm. know, for the birth parent, I'm still mom. Mm-hmm. You've always wanted to take over. Mm-hmm. You've never trusted me. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you telling her about me when we were mm-hmm. growing up? Mm hmm. You know, wait till I tell her about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. you've got secrets too, you see, between sibs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how are you going to sabotage? So there's a whole nother again, there's a whole dialogue that the aunt and uncles need to be aware of in mm-hmm. anticipation so mm-hmm. that they can manage what gets triggered. Again, it's knowing what are your Achilles heel, what are yes. the buttons that can get pushed,
0: and what are the patterns that you have established in your relationship with a, your sibling, who you yes. are now raising their their child. Because That's it's right. so tempting for those same patterns to repeat and to continue to be, you know, ad nauseum into the future. And that it, sometimes it may be fine, but oftentimes those patterns are not helpful for this new role you are, which is stepped That's into. Right. Yes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. The other thing about those patterns, caregivers have to sometimes be careful of recreating the patterns with guess who? The child. Uh, yeah. 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 Here are the key phrases caregivers have to watch out for. You're just mm. my. Oh, Dawn, listen to you. I love that laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have to finish it, you know, because we do you're it You're just like your mother.
0: You're Thank just you. like your father. <laughs>
1: Thank you. And if the kids keep hearing it long enough, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, yep. especially if you're talking about negative things. <laughs> sure. About the past. You, do it. you could also do that in a positive way. Oh, you're just like your mom, just like your dad. They're bright, mm-hmm. they're smart, they're articulate, they're creative, resourceful. Mm-hmm. Do it that way, but if it's coming out the opposite yeah. way. You can recreate the monster. All of a sudden, you yep. can create the addictive behavior. You can recreate the, 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 the acting out behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. And the
1: child then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, in fact, the child is going to automatically identify with their birth parents anyway. Yes. So since you know they're going to happen, you need to be part of forming the identification, mm-hmm. you know, framing the identification. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are like your mom. But this is the way you like her. You know, yeah, you are. You remind me of your mom. You're right. Mm-hmm. But you can make some different choices than her. Mm-hmm. And then the recollection of, you know, I remember when your mom was such an artistic person and your mm-hmm. dad, he was so athletic. Bringing up, because you see, that's the strength of kinship there. You have the memories.
0: Yeah, so you could point out the ways and in you positive point them ways. Out.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when I picked up on that is when the children started saying things like, do you like my mom? When you hear that caregivers read in between the lines, mm-hmm. will you still like me if I'm like them? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think they're okay? Mm-hmm. You know, they're asking for permission here now to mm-hmm. love them. They want to make mm-hmm. sure you won't stop loving them because they love their mom and dad because mm-hmm. they can see the anger, sure, or the t- yep. tension. You know, yeah, that you have with them. You know, so how are you going to keep them out of it? You know, how are you going to still give them permission to attach to mom? How are you going to still help them identify, even though there's tension between you and that birth parent?
0: hey folks we need you to follow or subscribe to the creatingafamily.org podcast you can do that wherever you listen to your podcast we have a huge archive of shows almost 15 years worth that you can access on whatever device it is you subscribe to us on most of them are what we call evergreen you know the topics uh, even if it was five years ago the topic is still relevant and we have The other beauty of that is in our archive, we have some of the greatest experts that that are no longer with us. And so you get to hear them talking about a topic that you care about. So the best way to subscribe, as I said, is off of whatever device you're currently listening to us on. Thanks. So how, how do, let's go back to when it's in grandparents, well, either, actually, any kinship caregiver, How do you not enable the child's parents, but still have a relationship? Because enabling has often been a part of, it, it may have stopped, but at some point there was often enabling going on into the addictive behavior. Not always, but sometimes it has been. So how do you stop enabling And still, but still have a relationship because you think it's in the best. Well, number one, they're your child. You want to have a relationship or they're your sister or brother. You want that relationship. But also you think it's in the best interest of the child to have some relationship. But how do you not step back into those bad habits?
1: Mm -hmm. What I've seen caregivers do, and I kind of developed this from watching caregivers. They match the parental role with the parental capacity of the birth parent. Mm Mm-hmm. Some birth parents are great at being friends with their children and not parents. Have you ever seen this?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're better friends
0: than parents. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: You have some, you know, some birth parents who are better at being just good listeners with their children than disciplinarians. Mm -hmm. You have some birth parents that are good at being peers
0: mm-hmm.
1: with the children as opposed to being parents with the mm-hmm. children,
0: mm-hmm. okay?
1: Because we've seen birth parents 15 going on 30, 30 going on 15, mm-hmm. because the addiction stops them from growing, True. okay? So a lot of times it's kind of, of, one, letting the birth parent know that you recognize that they have an important role with their children. hmm recognizing that they have power and influence with the children, recognizing that the children still need them. So they need to verbally hear you say that. okay, Mm -hmm. and that we have and that I need you in order to take care of the children. It makes things a lot easier if they hear you say. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of being real clear with the birth parent about acknowledging their power, their role, their place. But at the same time, being real clear about how you need them to take care of the children and being real specific. You know, I need you in the past. We've had problems getting along with each other, but it'll help the children know that if you could say to them, when I speak, I speak for you. I need to hear you say that the children need to Mm -hmm. hear you say that Mm -hmm. the children need to hear you say that I'm a good parent that I'm going to take care of. Mm -hmm. i need to hear that the children need to hear that the children need to hear you say that it's okay for them to come to me if they need help Mm -hmm. you see those things are tasks that go beyond enabling you see and you're Mm -hmm. being being real clear about their role their power what they need to say or even uh, what they don't need to say they don't need to you know because sometimes it's saying you know they need you to not say don't listen to me they need Mm -hmm. you to not say it's okay to run away. They need you to not mm-hmm. say, it's. It, see what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. It'll make things stable and better for them. So I think framing it in terms of two ways. One, what'll make things favor, better for the children? Or two, how this will help me better take care of your children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Number three, how we can work together. But it's being real clear about I, you're needed, you have power, and then giving them specific things that you need to hear them say to the children. To make it work.
0: And as, and as a result, if we can do these things, it's better for the kids, but also then you can be more a part of the child's life.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know, but this is how you can be a part, but give them a part, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, then, yeah, yeah g- give, give them a part, match that part with, you know, I've seen some caregivers say, look, she just needs to know you say she, she just needs to hear your voice. And sometimes that's all you want them to be is a voice on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. yeah, uh-huh. it's so heavy into the addiction or depression, you know, but right. he still needs to hear you on the phone say, mm-hmm, yeah. mommy, I love you. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm, I love you. And guess mm-hmm. what? I might be on the other end because we both need to be saying the same thing. Now, granted, mm-hmm. you are the other end and you're screening this call right?
0: because you need to. Okay. And you may have to tell the parent what the child needs to hear. The child Thank needs you. to hear that you love them. The child That's needs right. to hear that you miss them. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Being real clear about it. You know, Now, granted, it, it, you know, you're not dealing with enabling necessarily, but in terms of them being responsible for well, their you're actions. You're setting up healthy,
0: it, you're setting up healthy boundaries. Yeah, and, you know, Don. and it seems to me that the essence of a strong kinship caregiving relationship is healthy boundaries that's right. um, and it's complicated because often you're dealing with a person who is in the midst of the, you know, of the addiction of the substance abuse.
1: That's right. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's
0: complicated, you right. know, that's uh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But I think that's why when you can get into scripting, I call it scripting when you can actually script with that care for that birth parent, what the child needs to hear you say, when you can actually script that sentence, you know, script that conversation, you know, you can help them focus at the same time, you know, and then making sure that your scripts are the same so you're not conflicting, Uh you know, Uh that you're complimenting each other, you know, as well as boundaries, but then that, that you're you're also complimenting each other.
0: I love that idea of scripting. But what if the what if the parent, the birth parent, doesn't buy into your scripts, doesn't, doesn't do it.
1: Well, well, if if they don't buy into it. Here's what I've seen caregivers do. How are we going to explain to the child why they're with me without putting you down? How are we going to explain to the child? Help me with the script. You helped me. How am I going to explain to the child You know why they're living with me and not with you? How am I going to explain to the child? How do we explain? What are the words we're going to use to explain to the child why you're in rehab? or why you're arrested, or why you've been incarcerated? How are we going to explain that? Because I don't want to say anything that's going to make you look bad, or put you down, or come in between you and the child. So let's come up with the script, the dialogue, the explanation, the words. You put mm-hmm. it back on them, you know, you know, in terms of being a part of that, in a mm-hmm. way, you know, because I, because you know your daughter, you know your son, they're going to figure it out. They're going to hear it from other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to protect you? and protect them, you know, Mm -hmm. or how are we going to cope when they hear those things? What are we going to do and say to them when they hear things about mom and dad and why they're here with you? What are we going to do? How are we going to explain that?
0: And try to have these conversations if you know that your child is is actively using, try to have these conversations at a point where it is more likely that they're not going to be encumbered. There may not be a time that's that way, there may but not if you be. could, yeah, there may not yeah. be. But if it's right. if you know mornings, maybe well, probably not mornings, but if you know around, you know, for when they get up is a better time then try to that's schedule right. this. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, scheduling it and then also doing it around a time when you're not arguing. Yes. Where mm-hmm. where there's some relative peace, you know, where there's some, some calm. It's almost like you have to stage it. You set up the environment so you can have this kind of conversation. You know what I was thinking? We've got to figure out da-da-da-da-da-da. And everything is real mm-hmm. peaceful. It's morning. It's quiet. It's the coffee time or whatever it is. Bring that up at that moment while it's calm. You know, Mm -hmm. when when you can have that kind of discussion, you know, she asked me a question or I could see a question coming from her about such and such. What do we want to say to this? You know, Mm -hmm. here's the other part is letting them know that if if there's been a lot of tension and a lot of anger over the years, I think caregivers need to know that the birth parents are just as afraid of you as you are of them. Mm -hmm. They are afraid that you have more power than they do,
0: mm-hmm. that you have
1: more influence than they do, that you're going to get in the way of them having a relationship, that you're going to give that child a negative image of them. They are more afraid of you mm-hmm. simply because you have the child and they don't.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they're afraid of you and you can tap right into that fear factor, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and let them know that I, I, that I need you. I need to know that it's, that you're not, that you're going to let me have a relationship. You you can almost start out with, you need to know that I'm not going to try to put you down. I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell them negative things about you. I'm not going to come in between your relationship with them. I'm not going to get them to choose size, mm-hmm.
0: you know, you know
1: I, want I, you need, I want you yeah, to succeed.
0: I want you to be, I want you to get this child back. I want that's you right. to be the parent. Yeah.
1: That I didn't take you from them. But also need you to not say negative things about me. Reverse that, mm-hmm. not put me down, let me have a relationship. You mm-hmm. know, I need the same thing from you that you need from me. So mm-hmm. how can we work together? So acknowledging the fear, the common denominator you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and how we can work together. Sometimes that can help you get away from the past and move into, it equalizes the relationship, the power mm-hmm. relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. That's,
1: that's really what it's kind of like, getting getting some balance in terms of of, of power impact and the relative, because it's almost like letting them know you're here, even though you don't live here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's- so that, You're so some of their-
1: even though you don't know it, that even though, and you think you don't have power. Yes, you do, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel it, I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got your lips. She's got mm-hmm. your eyes. <laughs> right,
0: right. And 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 I want her to have this relationship. It's possible. How do you support co-parenting or mm. in finding a role for the child's birth parents? when they're still not in a healthy place. Cause we hear families say, "You know, I'm not gonna have, I won't allow any visitation if they're stoned. Uh, I won't let them, uh, unless they're, you know, uh, unless they do a drug test, they can't see the child or the opposite where I need a break, go ahead and take the child. And and even though they know they're actively using. So how do you do shared parenting In, in the degree? And I liked what you said about, choosing the role. Is it a role of a friend? Is it a role of an advice giver? Is it a role of just somebody Problem to right. problems right. or just hang out Just somebody who, who is a fun person to play video games with Right. to uh, so finding a role, but how do you find that role when you know that they're actively using and you don't right. want the child to be around that?
1: All right. This is what I saw a caregiver do. The caregiver started off by letting the birth parent know that this child needs you. You have power. You have influence. Uh, You can make this placement a lot easier for them or you can make it very difficult for them. What they need from you right now is permission to live here. Mm -hmm. They need to know, (laughs) back to the scripts again, Mm -hmm. they need to hear you say that it's okay for them to live here that I'm gonna take care of them, that they should listen to me, and they should let me protect them. Start off real simple. Mm-hmm. And they need to hear you say those things to them,
0: mm-hmm. whether you're
1: in your addiction or not. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in your addiction or not, I need you to still help me with that. And you can help me in your addiction this way with your child.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can you mm-hmm. help me? I need you, the child needs you. They can be. Stone cold. They said, now you need to be verbal. Only thing I ask of you is to be verbal when you call so you can have those, say those five things
0: mm-hmm. and I'll
1: be on the other end mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. they'll know that we're all on the same page, mm-hmm.
0: you know, mm-hmm. that,
1: that this child knows that you're giving me permission. You're saying I can do a good job, that they should mm-hmm. listen to me and that they mm-hmm. should let me protect them. Yeah. So, and, yeah. In fact, I'll, I'll be more specific. I've actually brought in Birth, this isn't all theoretical. Okay? I've actually brought in birth parents who were in the addiction, script them, and they were high. Mm-hmm. And I knew they were high, mm-hmm. but they were sober enough to have that conversation, come into the therapy session and actually say that to the child.
0: Mm-hmm. Because even high, they can they can follow the script, depending, of course, on, on what substance yeah, and how much. But exactly. But, yeah. If they could if they can use just the minimal amount to get through this, they've done a huge service to their child. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. yeah. So being yeah. able and, and, and from the caregiver standpoint. Being, it's what I'm hearing you say is being very clear about what you need for them to do. And, and then where their power is. Yeah, yes. And what yeah.
1: their power is. I can't say
0: that. It's sure. It's not
1: me coming from me. Only you can say that. Only what you're saying makes the difference. It'll only make mm-hmm. a difference if you say it. Mm-hmm. That's your power.
0: I want to tell you guys about one of our partners. They have been uh, partners with us for not terribly long. They know about what we do to provide support and education to families, and they've stepped forward to help us, and that is Children's House International. They are a Hague-accredited international adoption agency currently placing kids from 14 countries, and they work with families throughout the US. They also provide consulting for international surrogacy, if that is your preferred method for creating your family. So, check them out, Children's House International. How do you handle other members of the family who are not accepting of if you're setting boundaries? Because that happens. It's not that these these other family members are intentionally sabotaging, because they probably aren't, but they're not realizing that the reason that the caregiver is trying to set boundaries is because that the child's parents are not able. But it's complicated because then you, like we said before, you're bringing in, you know, your sisters, your, you know, the, the grandparents' sisters, you know, response or their other children's response or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you get the other family members? Now, sometimes it's obvious and the other family members are just thanking God that you've stepped forward.
1: Right, um, gotcha. but, right.
0: but sometimes not. So how do uh, what script can we use with them?
1: Yeah. I think if you can, so it doesn't always work, but if you can explain to them how this is in the best interest of the child,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how this is
0: mm-hmm.
1: protecting the child, providing them safety and providing them stability,
0: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and
1: that's what we need to be about right now.
0: What were the events that led you to make this decision? They may exactly. not know them. They may not yeah. know.
1: That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find it so many times if they can be part of this conversation we're having right now. terms of what were you thinking? This is what I'm telling the mom. I'm going to be on the other end. It's almost like they still, it's it's almost like this extended family needs to know that how you're in control and you tell them how you're still in control. Mm -hmm. How does this benefit the child? Mm -hmm. I'll still know what the mom is doing because I'm on the other end of the line. Mm -hmm. She's not going to get on the phone unless I first talk to her and make sure that she's sober enough to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. She's not going to have this face to face. We're going to have her do this on the phone.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, have
1: this conversation. This conversation is only going to last probably about 30 seconds. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay,
1: (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's 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 giving them the structure, the thought, the parameters that went into setting up what they're seeing. You let her back in the house again, knowing she stole from you and did X, Y and Z. How could you do that? Number Mm -hmm. one, the child was not there. Number two, I did a safety proof of the room she was in first. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave the child alone. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's knowing that, you know, because, you know, it's kind of like, well, are they doing this out of protection, me, protecting me? Are they doing this out of being angry with me? Are they doing this out of trying to hurt her? What, mm-hmm. what are their mm-hmm. motives? And then trying to tell them, here's my checklist. I did A, B, C, D. It's mm-hmm. safe. It's mm-hmm. okay. You know, you now have to trust me too.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. And I'm, then tell them yeah.
1: what their role needs to be with you, you know, how 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 they can help the situation.
0: And sometimes it's the others in the family who are pushing you to allow the birth parent in more quickly than you're comfortable with. Sometimes it's the uh sometimes the, the extended family is wanting you to. Put the child, you know, don't be so hard on them. Let let the, let them, you know, he's just going to take them down the street or whatever. Or they're, they're pushing you to give more of the parenting role. So, I mean, so it goes both ways in that respect.
1: Yeah, I, I find that if there's an addiction in the family, where the other family members who are enabling other family members who have used other family members who are feeling guilty and feel mm-hmm. as though they're rescuing. you know, doing that same kind of behavior and they're trying to have it do it again. Sometimes the caregiver is just, you know, you're not going to make them happy.
0: Yeah. 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 You're not going to. After you've done
1: all the explaining and all the talking, Mm -hmm. then it just boils down to, I'm just going to have to live with your anger.
0: Yeah. I'm just
1: going to have to accept Mm -hmm. the anger. I'm going to have to just do what's in the best interest Mm -hmm. interest of the child, you know, and just kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, accept that, trust that. And let the family member have to grow from the pain or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're not going to change. If, you know, if I mean, you've I explained it and, and they are still. And then you also sometimes hear that you're too old to be doing this. You're, yeah. you know, you're too old. You're uh, it's not good for you or, mm-hmm. or it's not good for the child or both, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? And at some point you just say, yeah, you're right. This, yeah. yeah, You know, I, this it's is not, not what I would choose. It's not yeah. fair. This is not what I'm yeah. choosing. Exactly. But, it's, there's power when you say this is the best thing I can do for this child right now. That's there's right. power there. You can just keep yeah. going back to that. This is I'm doing the best I can mm-hmm. with the hand I'm dealt, and this right. is this is what I am trying to do. Right. Yeah. I'm
1: keeping trying to keep them out of foster care.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That might be
1: another one. I'm keep trying to keep them in the family. Yeah. Because I, the other alternative is for me to let go and then put it on you. Yeah. And you still have your family. You have your yes. children to raise. Yeah. I've seen caregivers do that, too. You know, mm-hmm. well, look, sure. You know, what's the alternative? If not, what are you going to take the child? Should you have to? Do you want that responsibility? I'm the right. one who has the home now. You need to just deal with your family, your children. So, right. so yeah, it's not fair, but it's no. better me than you, better me than the system, better me than foster care. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's not fair. And I'll know when enough is enough.
0: Yeah. Mm hmm. You have to just, or you could also say you could also step in to help. Take them every other, you know. Take them every Saturday morning, or yeah. you know, do this. Or you know, yeah. yeah. If you're saying I'm yeah. too old, you're probably right. I am. I could use some help. This is what specifically would be helpful for me. Cook a meal and bring it over. You know, two days a week, so I don't have to yeah. do that. Turn yeah. turn it around. Yeah. Turn it
1: around. On exactly.
0: It, yeah. You know,
1: in terms of how they can help you.
0: Well. Dr. Crumley, thank you so much. This has been a joy. Oh, it's been an hour truly. already. It oh has my been. goodness. Yeah, we, we had so much fun. <laughs> I love a of time.
1: Just yeah, it, it didn't feel like work. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Well, thank good. You.
0: I would say the very same. Uh, thank you so much and for sharing your wisdom and your expertise. We truly appreciate it.